Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to Diesel Performance Podcast. Chris. Man, I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, yeah, okay, we guys. We say this all the time. We but. have our end of summer sales still going on, so if you're listening to this, go over to DuramaxTuner.com. Give Chris a call at 815-568-7920. Uh, we got 15% off. Switch on the fly. Easy link into EFI Live Tuning. It's been crazy, man. Things are flying off the shelf. Tons of great feedback. Uh, podcast listeners have been calling in, asking questions. You know, I'm more than happy to help where I can. Emails work great, too. Um, but it's just, it's a great time to be part of the diesel industry with fall events going on, the weather, <laughs> turbo turbo weather, boost weather is amongst that's us it, here in the Midwest. It. So it, it puts a smile on, I think, everyone's faces that have, uh, you know, forced induction motors. Somebody was just standing in the shop with me yesterday, and Nick was going to get into the 17 Ford, the regular cab. Yeah, yeah. He was going to go out and make some hits, and somebody else was like, man, why, like, why as soon as it gets cold out are we out here doing this shit? Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Boost because weather. of boost yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's uh it's it's tough man you, it, it, it's tough not to be happy and smile you know it's not humid in uh, 90 100 degrees here which in the midwest like it's just it's disgusting that's called summer it's muggy yeah. you know it's just gross <laughs> um yeah but you know things are things are just crazy things are know? crazy man and they're crazy good uh guys we also have uh really cool announcements coming out lately yeah. uh we have carb products uh so carb 50 state legal products available now. Yep. Uh, so if you are looking for tuning on your 01 to 16 Duramax, 6.6 uh, .6 liter, or your 2.8 liter, uh, we can set you up with actual yep. 50 state legal tuning. And then, Chris, the other big one that just came out is our replacement TCMs. Yeah, so we have uh, for your O, well, basically your 08, 09 trucks, I believe. 09, basically, yeah. if you have an A50 TCM, uh, we offer an updated T14 TCM with our pre-tuned calibrations loaded onto it. So unfortunately, with uh, the A50 TCM trucks, I believe it's 09 or 2010 it is, yeah. 2009, all the way to 2015, yep. um, those TCMs generally fail for a lot of different reasons. Uh, some say it's due to static electricity from the uh, serpentine belt yep um regardless they fail and they'll end up causing the truck to go into like a range shift inhibitor go into a limp mode paul i know you've been doing a badass job on the back end making some uh video um awareness uh yep. on you know how to properly diagnose that so they'll be coming out soon um but that product is live on the site it's been super popular already um it's it's an option or an avenue for fixing where it's not necessarily going to be super expensive. Um, as you go to the dealer, you buy a TCM, then you have to have it programmed, and then guys are like, "Well, I want to put a trans tune on it too." Right. And it just gets it snowballs, right? So we offer a simp simple and easy drop and replacement and go. So you know, go to the website DuramaxTuner.com. Uh, we have options there, or if you have questions, you know, give us a call. That's right. Listeners, we also have a lot of Diesel Performance Podcast show coming at you today. We're going to be talking with a competitor at All Truck Challenge and a friend of Chris and I, yeah. mine. Uh, Tim Mahoney will be on the show today. We'll be talking about his uh, experience from 2019 and his excitement for 2021 of going out to Ohio and running his 06 Cummins. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about the build details and all of that. Of course, we'll also be hearing from our remote support expert, Sean Lynn, our super tech, Jeremy Garnett, Ooh. and we have a new segment on the show this week uh chris you are going to be talking with one of our friends anthony and we'll be you guys will be going through a little bit of industry news yeah you know um 
It's always cool, Paul. You know, you think how long the podcast has been going on um, and the little interest that there once was within the organization um, <laughs> to us now now having the show. You know, I was one of those people sure, included. Sure. Um, but but the show's a lot of fun. You know, there's uh, a lot of um, potential opportunities, right, with uh, within the organization with the show. Um, and Anthony, one of the sales guys over at Calibrated, was like, hey, you know, uh, I like getting on camera. I like doing this. You know, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring. I'd like to be a part of the podcast. So we're going to have Anthony on. Uh, we're going to try to set up the segment where it's industry news, you know, just five, ten minutes, kind of go over what's new in the industry. It doesn't necessarily have to do with Calibrated. doesn't have to necessarily do with our sponsors, just in general. So yeah. – um, be a little bit of a, a wider, uh, wider spectrum, you know, if you will, of information that uh, we're going to be able to bring forth to our listeners. Absolutely, guys, uh, stick around. Coming at you next is going to be our conversation with Tim Mahoney. Tim Mahoney, how the hell are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Doing we're great. We're doing all right. It's been busy. Yeah, it's been yeah. real busy. Uh, Tim, we got you on the show today. I think for the second time to talk about the King of the Streets All Truck Challenge, last, la, not last ago. year, two years yeah, ago, a couple years back, uh, you were able to go out with your 06 Cummins. Yep, it's 06 or 07. I don't remember. We had an identical truck what seven years ago now. Yeah. Here, so it's like, I don't know which one's which the same. anymore. 06, 07 Cummins. That's how the tunes are writ too, right, Chris? So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so Tim, you were able to go out and compete in King of the Streets. Now that's changing. King of the Streets is going to be for the emissions equipped trucks. Right. All truck challenge is going to be for everybody else. Yep. Uh, so you have decided to enter into all truck challenge. We are excited to have you on to be the first competitor. Uh, obviously, now that we are the official podcast right. of King of the Streets and All Truck Challenge for 2021. Yeah, that'll be nice. I think it's a it's definitely a growing event. Um, you know, she actually put it on last year through COVID, and uh, you know, obviously had good enough results to continue with it this year again. So nice one to the, see it back. One of the things that I think is unique, you know, you go to all these bigger competitions, right? And I mean, take UCC out of it because UCC's got, you know, converted motor trucks and all the crazy, crazy stuff. But you go to an event like uh, King of the Streets All Truck Challenge, and I remember in 19, it was just a sea of third gen Cummins. Just a fucking sea of them, right? Different (laughs) colors, different wheel setups, maybe a different cab configuration. You you remember Diesel Power Challenge voting? Years back, yeah, yeah. The Duramaxes would be like a page and a half, two pages. Cummins would be three pages. Yeah, Yeah, and and then it's just nothing but cum dogs. So now it just kind of gets into, I guess for what, as a spectator, it's the driver in the setup, right? Because yeah. a lot of the trucks are somewhat similar, unfortunately. Um, so give our listeners a little bit of a rundown. You know, 0607, it's a 5.9 truck. What what are you bringing? Uh, I don't know exactly what we're bringing yet. We're but... three weeks before the competition. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it'll be hopefully a little bit more than we brought two years ago. Uh, what was the we, setup a couple years ago? It's a Stealth 67. At that point, I believe it was our, our six-blade Stealth 67 on there. Um and with an S488 over it. So we took uh, Worley's twin kit for a stocker over S475 and made it work with a 488. Um, truck dynoed at the event about 900 horsepower. Again, I think we put the kit on like two days before. We usually keep it with the, the Stealth 67 on it. So if you know me or you want to go sled pull yeah. it or whatever, go have some and fun. And the truck's been really good sled pulling over the last few years too, right? Yeah, so, we. Yeah. I, I don't know. Once in a while we get bored and take it out and go yeah. have some fun and... Um, so right now, as the truck sits, it's got the injectors out of it. Um, it's got an 11 blade Stealth 67 on it. Um, that really improved the drivability of the truck, and we moved that to uh, all all of our 
Stealth 67, uh, third gen coming stuff. Um, and then it's going to get like an S491 over it is the plan right now. A lot of air. Um, a lot of air. Um, probably more than we're going to have fuel for, but that's just, I'd rather have more air than not okay. enough, you know? And then uh, we have Exergy just because I was emailing them a little bit ago. We're going to be getting some uh, cool injectors coming back for us. Yeah. Yeah. Either we'll get a fresh set of Hondos or maybe 150s or 250s. I, I don't know yet. 250s. Um, we're kind of just <laughs> waiting to see what happens. So yeah. uh, the Hunters that were in there were a couple of motor builds old and been through some been through some hell. Some so it was it was yeah. nice to pull those out. Um how they test? Get them tested and everything. I, I honestly they I think tested they tested good. good so really, Bob um, came back. He said these injectors are great. You know they're clean. What do you want me to do? I mean, what a what a feather in the cap for Exergy because you guys are not lying. This truck has has been worked. It, yeah. it went to All Truck Channel or I went to King of the Streets two years ago in yeah. nineteen. It also got sled pulled by U two. I think U two tag yeah, we, team did about every week yeah. all summer in yeah. nineteen. Um, it's also been track. on the dyno. Like, that truck served track. as R and D duty for a couple years. Like that thing's had its ass handed to it, man. Yeah, it really has. And, those, had... and right now, that the injectors that came out, they were hundreds, hundreds, yes. hundreds out. Okay, hundreds, hundreds out. And then in Ohio, you made you said nine hundred. It made nine hundred on the dyno. Realistically, it was probably it. It had a thousand horsepower worth of fuel in the tune, and it definitely had the air for it. I just I think it was the way I was loading the dyno. Uh, the more and more you get into this, like the dyno guys, like it's an art of its own. And um, I, we we have a Mustang dyno here, so it's a, a little bit different. I don't I don't really have to practice loading up the truck on the dyno or anything. I just hit spacebar and the truck runs through the window. Uh, <laughs> so I get spoiled and how to load it. And I had the tire pressure down like an idiot. And you know, I, it was what it is. It was it was honestly my first time competing in a big diesel event. You know, yeah. I come from more gas world and, and street racing stuff like that. So to go to a, a structured event where you're putting a truck on a dyno similar to UCC, it, it, it's a little bit different. Uh, what was the toughest part of the challenge as you went to it in 19? Um, the truck is like really fast on the drag strip for what it is. Um, and like with that stocker, uh, stocker stealth 67 down there, the truck spools up really fast. And like, I could, I could leave on guys really easily. Um, I didn't, there's no cage in the truck. So, uh, we were kind of, uh, handcuffed with some, some safety stuff there. So, um, basically if you busted out of like, I think it was 720 or 725 in the eighth, like you automatically lost. So I had to try and leave on guys as hard as I could and then like let off and then pedal it <laughs> down at the end of the track. So yeah, there's, there's a couple, um, I raced like Greg A and me and him were like, I think he busted out by like one tenth, and we were right next to each other. And then Ziegler too. Like I remember I left on Ziegler. I was right when they were starting to get that truck dialed in and, like, having all sorts of problems. It, you knew it made horsepower, but just putting it down the track was a whole other thing. Like, I left on him, and then right as I'm letting out at the 8th, he comes hauling past. And <laughs> I busted out at, like, 690 at that point. So, I mean, the truck's set up to go probably, like, six mid-6s, 670 pretty consistently. So, um nice thing is they're actually changing that with the event this year so they're going to allow you to do like a bracket style class so if you don't have a cage like we don't have a cage in the truck um, we don't have to try and compete with the fastest truck we just can compete with the dial in and still hopefully get a decent amount of points so i feel like you can calculate that on the dyno then at that point like you could come in a little bit more strategic of like okay this is the potential bracket that i want to be in you know, you do the calculation for weight, tire size, whatever. Like, you, you could back into that halfway decently you, or no. Are you going to be the only guy to turn your tune down to go racing? No, no. There's, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of trucks on 
buddy. No, goal. there's a lot of us doing this. Yeah. Yeah. He just gave yeah. you a dirty look, squinted his eye, <laughs> and shook his head. So like uh, Gordon, right? Good buddy of mine. He's he's helped me over the years with tuning uh, tremendously, right? Like he's got a dually. There's no cage in that truck. The truck makes 1500 horsepower. Like yeah. You know, there's a lot of people in this situation. So it's nice to see. I mean, this this really is a true what I still call a street truck challenge, right? And I can still say that about 06, 07 Dodge. So <laughs> we're doing good there. Um, honestly, we're going to be underpowered in the event. Like even if the truck makes 1,000, 11, 1,200, like these guys make 15, 1,600, the Josh McCormick's of the world. Like this is what these guys live for. And then there's me who just sends tunes out all day long, and I'm so over it by the weekend, I don't want to work on my truck. <laughs> but there, there is more to this than a horsepower play, and there's some added – you know, uh, events that uh, yeah. King of the Street, you know, uh, All Truck Challenge is doing. So when you when you talk about, you know, we've we focus so heavily on okay, getting the the power down the track, right? It's it's power, power, power. Um, what's the what's the most? What is the event that you're looking forward to most? I guess is what what are you anticipating the most? The truck does really well in the dirt. Um, sled pulling it last year or sled pulling it two years ago at King of the Streets like I set it up like we we're gonna go sled pull for the work stock with a bunch of power and like these guys were adding weight I added a little bit of weight but nowhere near what I should have and how these guys are so now it's a little bit more realistic of like hey we're gonna take this from like what we know as our work stock class to like the hot street class you right. know like we're gonna hang weight we're gonna I don't know maybe maybe throw dualies on the back is kind of my plan here um in the dirt the truck works really well specifically dirt dragging um I don't like to lose in that truck in the, the dirt <laughs> dragging. Uh, it got second out there when we were last time. So the only faster truck was actually Greg A's. And then you had um, Levon was driving Jersey's truck at that event. And uh, the Dodge actually went faster than Levon's truck in the dirt, or uh, Jersey's truck. I mean, that truck makes 16, 17 horsepower. It's a regular cab. It's a regular yeah. cab, yeah. but it's light. So, like, there's certain things like wheelbase and, like, it's almost like in the dirt you could have too light of a truck, too much power, right? I yeah. Too much power. Who says that? But um, <laughs> So the truck does really well. And those guys actually got first and second. Um, me and me and Greg A got paired up going into the finals, and then Jersey got to race. Uh, Levon got to race him in the finals. But the truck does really well in the dirt, and I think that's part of just like you don't have to worry about leaving hard on it because what's the worst that's going to happen? It's going to spin. You're not going to break stuff. Well, I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with the turbo configuration too. I mean, these guys have big 400s off the manifold, and I think there's going to be a little bit more of a uh, a process, you know, to getting that truck to leave, and then it's in in dirt nonetheless. Isn't it? Isn't it a different tree out in the dirt too? Isn't it? Is a I think it's a pro tree. tree. It, yeah. I think it's a pro tree all the way through. Oh, I, I believe. Okay. I mean, I spent pretty much my whole life either flashlight racing or pro tree racing, so like that doesn't really scare me. It is nice though, like racing the cars, and depending upon how you're racing, you're going up against racing someone with a trans brake, right, or a bump box, and it's like you could get double bulbed, and you'd leave before they're even on boost, and it's like now the the you know, we kind of flipped roles here, right? Like, I don't have to build boost before I, I go into the first bulb. Like, the truck just comes up on power. And that's a lot of these guys have that problem with is now all of a sudden they're 10, 15 seconds on that converter. They're going single bulb. Then they're going double bulb. Now the truck and trans is hot, right? And, like, yeah. I'm just coming up on power and leaving. You know, I bump in second bulb and go. So that is the nice thing of the. And I the nice thought, thing about that turbo configuration. I always thought you were just a good driver. You just have an easy setup. Yeah, no, it is an easy setup. You know, like give me a 400 over 400. I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Give me a little spray, you know. <laughs> well, I guess that's another good question. So a lot of guys are going to be coming to this competition with spray, with cages, with big power. With, where, with race trucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah with, with legit race trucks, race trucks, that, trucks that they're then going to sled pull yeah. with, right? Uh, and, and we've seen it other challenges where guys do – all night, 24-hour runs to do a massive changeover on the truck overnight. Right. 
Uh, you had mentioned some of your plans to kind of change it up to go sled pulling. What's what's the strategy overall? Where do you think you're going to end up in the pack, and how do you think you're going to get there? Um, I think if we can run middle of the pack in the drag strip um, or better, I think that could potentially – I think we got eighth last time. Um, and really the goal is to be top five, you know, the podium finish there. Um, so I, I think if we can run middle of the pack with the drag strip, um, not totally flop on the dyno, uh, if we can run middle of the pack there and then come out and put really – Two, I think it's two sled pull heats in the dirt drag. I think if we can kind of kick ass in those events or at least get top three in those events, yeah, I think the truck will do do really well. Um, and just, you know, like I said, from learning from the dyno and how to set up the truck and stuff, I mean, there was, there was trucks out there that I know the truck made more power of. It's just how you load it up on the dyno. And uh, last year, I literally think, or two years ago, I, we brought Justin. I brought, like, two buddies and, like, a spare set of tires and like yeah. that's all we brought you know like there's guys with like trailers and weights and like changing turbochargers a couple guys changes trans and i'm like this is you know like the nice thing about the setup where the dodge is right now like it is a true street truck of like i hope it doesn't break and if it breaks other than something small i'm probably just going to put it on the trailer because yeah you know i i I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we have the capacity, right? But to shut down the shop and bring a couple shop guys and bring transes and bring turbos and like that, that to me kind of defeats the purpose of the street challenge or, you know, the all truck challenge as it is now. So, you know, it's like run what you brung. If it's too much, like you're probably going to break something. If it's not enough, you probably lose. <laughs> so it's that, it's that balance, right? Yeah. That's what life is it's about. Street, car. street <laughs> car, man. I like that. I like that strategy. It's nice to go at it and and want to go out there and have some fun. It's it's not the end of the world one way or the other. Obviously, we all want to go there and and, and win, right? right? Like nobody right. shows up to a truck competition and like, man, I don't care. Like, come on. Like, we all want to be up up at the first place. Uh, who do you think are going to be some of the top competitors this year? Um, I don't know a ton of these guys in the the heavy power industry. I guess you could call it. You know, most of our business is obviously now the. My main job here is carb certification, right? So, like, the 06, 07 stuff is just, like, not my cup of tea. I, I know these guys who have been around for a little bit. I mean, Gordon's truck, um, got to race with him two years ago. I mean, that truck makes good power. His first day out, he broke the truck last time. Yeah. So, like, didn't even really get to have fun and enjoy it. You know, I think Josh McCormick at that point, I know he had wanted to come, but he was so – I don't even think he was doing the YouTube stuff at that time. Like, his truck was broken. He just flew out just to kind of support the event and hang out with everybody. So, it's going to be nice. I mean, that, that kid – kid guy whatever you want to call him i refer to everybody's a kid right like kind of like paul right kid um <laughs> it's gonna be nice to see him competing and how he's grown over the last couple of years and what that has grown into um and uh david petrick i don't know if he's competing this year he competed two years ago he was at ucc yeah. this year i mean those guys like this is what they do you know yeah so i mean there's there's a there's a very large competitor roster this year yeah, the number of trucks, uh, which we'll have some specifics on here, guys, in yeah. some future episodes. We're going to be going through some details, and, and like we said, we'll be interviewing just about everybody we can involved with the event. Um, it, it is it is a growing competition, and now that we're not seeing Diesel Power Challenge yeah. happen this year, uh, we don't know what the future of that looks like. Um, some of the other qualifier events that were getting really big for UCC, they've kind of dropped off yeah. from doing that. They're not doing the qualifier stuff anymore. Uh, so this is like there's there's a demand. There's people who want right. to go out and they want to do this type of a challenge. The, the dyno days are great. I think everybody loves going out and seeing a truck run on the dyno. But the thing I always hear at a dyno day is, okay, now let's go race them. Right. And this is one of those challenges where you get to see this over well, three days. You, it's, a, it, it's a mix of flavor. 
You yeah. know, you, you have dirt drag, which in the Midwest, like that's becoming as popular as sled pulling, right? For sure. Um, and then you have, you know, drag race racing, which is, is popular all over the U.S. Um, what I think is most surprising or like what where you know you, you have something here is when guys are willing to travel halfway across the country <laughs> you know we you know ucc is the biggest event of the year right and that's that designed for our purpose and and guys travel all over and out of the country for uh, but then you have all truck challenge king of the streets where when even a few years ago when they were smaller you had guys flying from west coast to ohio yeah um you know you have some some of these guys that are from the west coast now that are, are competing this year right and they're they're driving 18 20 hours to run what they what they brought right? <laughs> so a long ride home with a broken truck. it's it's a long ride home with a broken <laughs> truck and that is a lot of uh of, of competition in a three day you know drag racing sled pulling dirt drags dyno uh the fuel the fuel mileage test that they're going to be doing like that where this year they're doing a 15 minute idle if you remember paul sarah yeah. was telling us about like and these aren't like oh i get one drag strip pass i get one you know dirt drag pass like you're 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 lapping the truck you're going to be using the truck so <laughs> it's it's a crazy weekend like that is a lot of shit per truck that they're going to have to go through to keep you know up and running Absolutely correct. I'm Two excited. years ago, it was a hundred mile street cruise, and yeah. like some of these guys were, dude. And that's what Sarah. I mean, and, and you know, to kind of go back on our, our previous interview with Sarah Chapman, she said exactly that. You know, like the main focus of all truck challenge is real street trucks. Yeah. You know, they they want to take out the the true competition or true race trucks. You know, making great power is one thing, but prove it on the street, and that's yeah. something that she was very keen on. Well, so, I think that that's an interesting twist to the whole thing because. As I think the three of us work in the diesel performance industry, yeah. we know that like, hey, if you want a truck that goes really fast and competes at all of these other competitions, yeah. we, we could probably build that. That's that's yeah. not crazy. That's not like you don't have to do something brand new that's totally unique to achieve that goal. But to do that and be able to take it for 100 miles, if I remember correctly, in 19, the 100-mile street cruise took out more trucks than the dyno did. Yeah. No, it did. I mean, you had guys who broke during the cruise. You had guys who didn't even make it to the cruise. And then you had guys who came back and, like, oiled down the side of the truck, turbos blown. Like, and that 100-mile cruise was through. It's not like you get on the highway and you're cruising 75, 80 mile an hour for right. 100 miles. And they're like, this stop and go 100 miles through Amish country. <laughs> like, it's, It was a two-and-a-half-hour drive. I remember, like, I had Justin and I don't know if it was Ryan Wood and Kiefer or what in the truck with me. And they're like, can we stop and get some food? Like, this is taking forever. <laughs> So and and it was a little bit later in the competition then. truck. Yeah, like, oh, you have dudes. This sweating. year we might need the AC. So. <laughs> but I think that you know, Paul, to your point, you know that that's a really good statement to make. Is you know, you go through these magazines and you see these competition trucks, and you know, you see all this ungodly horsepower that these trucks make. But a lot of those trucks, if they're not at that competition they're sitting in a shop or they're sitting in a barn or they're sitting in a garage in pieces waiting yeah, to be fixed. Yeah, they're tailored to events, right? right? Where, <laughs> you know, like, there's no secret. A couple of years ago when we were, you know, when 19 before, you know, COVID with sled pulling, like, we did trailer the truck to the event at a sled pull because if it broke, you know, you'd load it on the trailer and drive it home. But, like, a month ago, I was driving Mavtron every day to and from work because I didn't have my truck. The truck was tied up in the shop and I needed something to drive. Sure. So like that truck does get driven. It does have air conditioning. It it, it does have all of the amenities of what a 2006 Ram had from the factory, just 
little extra, you know, yeah, little, punch. little extra go. We <laughs> took it out. Uh, what was it? Uh, Pec- was it Pecatonica Dirt Drags? I took yeah. it out to yeah, yeah. Uh, what month and a half, two you months drove ago. Drove it. <laughs> drove it there. Drove it back. You know, had yeah. people in the truck. Picked me up you know? the next day. Went and got coffee for yeah. work. Like <laughs> you know, like no just, big deal. Just your average driver, man. Yeah. Other than like, I think I got to fix the headlights. Like one headlight has a low beam, and the other one has a high beam. And, and there's some trucks at this competition thing. that That's don't even have headlights. Headlights, wipers. I know. I remember a couple years ago there was guys getting into it because like truck didn't have wipers. I mean, but, have this, truck but didn't that, have but, that. But those are real things. Yeah. Like, well, well, that that's what makes this competition unique, right? Yeah. Because like you said, we could go to UCC and see the biggest, most outrageous. Yep. Also, like the most money spent in, in yeah, a lot no. of cases. E- I even mean, on you the, hate, you the hate low to bring end of the budget. Up. No, but it's a you part of it. You hate to bring that up. No, that is like that is a big it, money and time, Paul. That's money it. and time. That's, that's it, everything. And I'm not trying to take away from any of those. No, trucks. they're badass, that's but there's awesome a place for thing that. to spend your money on. There's a place for that. Um, and and to be clear, you can't just buy your way into winning UCC. Like you no. can spend a lot of money and still end up in last place. No. We've seen that. No. Um, but but yeah, I think with this with this challenge, I think that's one of the parts that's really exciting for people is it makes it feel more obtainable. It makes yeah. it feel like I could do that. Right. And like I mean, if Tim could do it, yeah, I could do definitely. it. Right. I mean, you just heard him say like, "Nah, I just hit the gas and I yeah. I tree on these dudes." That's you know? it. You know? I just tree them. Yeah. No big deal. Some yeah. people forget to hit the gas. So, I mean, we're doing all right there. <laughs> but the other thing I want to point out too, Paul, is like you get guys who are like from that central Ohio area and stuff like that too. Yeah. Who it's like um, he's. I call him a previous customer of ours because I think the setup is like over what we do now essentially. But uh, Joey Adelman, uh, he's competed the last couple of years. Like yeah. first year I competed with him in 19, like that truck had our prototype VVT 72 mil on it. Like, <laughs> and like, I'm pretty sure dude kicked ass. Like he had dualies on it. He had weight hung. Like all that guy does is sled pull all right. year long. And like he kicked ass with an eight, 900 horsepower truck. Like, kicked ass in the sled pole so it's like you get those guys who are like hey you know what i might not have the fame i might not have the instagram page or whatever right sure. but it's like i'm gonna kick your ass in one of these events right so it's, it's cool to see those guys too and like that's a truck that gets driven that's a truck that you know it's it's what its job is to do is get beat on it doesn't no. have to have 22 I mean, inch it, wheels and it goes to <laughs> it goes to the diesel power challenge stuff all over again paul you know you the diesel power challenge and what it was originally like set up for, it, it was that street truck, the baddest of the baddest in, in, in the U.S. that got voted in. Yeah. And like I, I keep falling back to that interview with Sarah and, and what really started uh, the spark for, for King of the Streets originally. But like that, that's the main focus here. You know, that that's everything is a, a real street truck, a drivable truck. You know, there there's this difference of, oh, I drive my, you know, 1500 horsepower, 1000 horsepower truck on the street versus, hey, you know what? I need to tow a trailer tomorrow. I'm going to use my 1000 horsepower truck to do that, <laughs> you know, and, and be cool with it. Right. Yeah. This is so. the, the drag week. This is the Rocky Mountain Race Week of, yeah. of what is available currently for diesel events. And like, unfortunately, while everyone else is like, I don't know running back with their tail in between their legs like the, here's the event that is still out there is getting pushed like yeah. it would be cool to take a, a truck and do a, a, a rocky mountain race week or a drag week right but like now there's all the speculation of like what i can drive on the street what i can't drive on the street sure. truck smoke on the street yeah. you know it's like so it's, it's nice to still have an event where it, it is based around trucks that we drive on the street and it is we're pushing those to the limit you know like that tim i wanted to ask you about having the new setup on the truck so you said you're doing uh like a 591 491 491. yeah it's it's a i believe it's a force induction setup um i've always run just like box borg warner stuff sure never i've always had really good 
luck with them. Um, and when we had the Jeep stuff, so we got a really killer deal on them too, which helps. But um, so yeah, this is basically like a 488 with I believe it's like force inductions, you know, little turn on it. So okay. 491, yeah. wheel mod. Um, okay, okay. Uh, how different do you think that setup is going to be? I mean, you were three weeks from the event. We know that you have a lot of drag racing experience, but it doesn't sound like you're going to have a chance to have a lot of seat time. I saw your truck yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it is torn the fuck apart, man. Like I'm going on vacation <laughs> on the first two for a week, so <laughs> next week. Okay, yeah. so you're going on vacation next week. Um, so your your practice time with the new turbo setup not something you're concerned with? Nah, we'll just like I, I forget when we were out with the dirt drags or whatever. I was like, I could sleep in this truck and drive it. You know, like it's, <laughs> it, it is nice to have that. You know, but unfortunately with time frame and family and everything else that goes on, it's like. You know, if we have a two days, put the truck on the dyno, get the tune somewhat close, like make some power with it. Awesome. You know, and Paul, keep um, in mind, too, like drivability and learning how to drive the truck in the turbo setup. A lot of that has to do with the manifold charger. Yeah. Know? No. And that's not changing. So if I'm, you have the fuel and you have the air. That, well, know, that's kind of my next question here. So, <laughs> so you're going up in fuel and up in atmospheric charger. Yeah. And a little bit looser housing. So if anything, it's going to take a little bit longer to spool. The, the nice thing is we had that uh, 115 housing on the 488. So like it came up instantly. Um, now we're going to do a little bit bigger housing. I think we're going to do a 132. Um, but it. It, definitely a bigger turbine on the 491 as well, but I, I don't think it'll be a problem. I mean, like, throw some negative timing in it and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a tuner. Well, I appreciate that, Tim. Um, any advice that you want to share for somebody who is thinking about getting into a competition like this in the future? Get out and do it. I mean, it'll, we made the call. We signed up. Like, I would have taken the truck with the, the 11 Blade 67 on it with hundreds. Like, if the injectors don't come back, if we stick hunters back into it, we're going. Like, we're going to go have fun, you know? Uh, and that's what it's about. It's it's about having fun and competing, you know? It's like, you don't have to have the greatest stuff out there to go compete. Like, by the time your truck is done how you think it is, like, there's going to be no events left. So get out, support these events, support the, uh, support the racers, just go have fun and, and see what the industry is about. Well, that's great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Listeners, stick around. We got more Diesel Performance Podcasts coming at you right after a word from our sponsors. XDP coolant filtration systems help increase the longevity of your cooling system by filtering out contaminants before reaching vital engine components. The coolant filtration system is designed to catch any debris floating in your cooling system before it gets caught in important components like your EGR cooler. The system is designed with easy-to-install pre-assembled silicone hoses and specially made mounting brackets so you can bolt this kit on with basic hand tools. Each kit includes a billet CNC machine aluminum filter base that is anodized with a black finish for superior underhood aesthetics. The included ball valves allow for minimal coolant loss during filter replacements as well as a shutoff to bypass the system if needed. To find out more about XDP's line of coolant filtration systems, check out xdp.com or find a local dealer near you. What is Worley Custom Fab's thermostat bypass valve and why is it an important upgrade for your 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax? 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks 
feature a unique thermostat assembly for the Allison transmission, which allows fluid to bypass the auxiliary cooler and use engine heat in the radiator coolant to reach ideal operating temps more quickly in cold weather. When the desired temperature is reached, the thermostat is supposed to open and allow fluid to flow forward into the auxiliary cooler, which helps maintain transmission fluid temperatures at a safe level. Now the issue, this thermostat is prone to get stuck closed. So when the fluid gets hot and reaches the point that it needs to be cooled via the auxiliary cooler, the fluid is instead bypassed by the closed thermostat and returned to the transmission uncooled. Hotter fluid breaks down quicker, which leads to poor fluid performance and potentially premature damage and shortened transmission life. If you tow with your truck or live in a warm climate, this bypass plug is a must. Whether your truck is a daily driver, work truck, tow rig, or competition race truck, this is an issue that plagues all 17 to 19 L5Bs. When running one of WC Fab's shop trucks at the drag strip, they noticed temperatures reaching the unsafe zone. After some investigation, they found the auxiliary cooler up front was cool to the touch. The hot fluid was not making its way to the cooler. Upon further research, they found that even factory stock trucks were experiencing the same issue. With this discovery, the thermostat bypass plug was born. The CAD-designed, CNC-machined, anodized billet aluminum bypass plug requires a simple 15-minute installation. WC Fab has been building high-performance transmissions for the L5P platform for many years now and immediately started including this made-in-the-USA piece with every transmission that they build. Tested in-house on both their shop trucks and customer trucks, the transmission cooler thermostat bypass plug for 2017 to 2019 L5P Duramax trucks can drop the fluid temperature from 15 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit by reducing fluid flow restriction to the trans cooler. The Exergy Performance Fuel System Saver works. If you have a CP4 equipped fuel pump, which is commonly found on the 2011 to 2016 LML Duramax, and also the uh, early 6.7 liter Ford Power Stroke engine, they're known for failure, period. Now, most of the time, if you put a lift pump on the truck, you'll prevent a lot of the potential failures. If you do regular maintenance, you can help help prevent the potential failures. But at the end of the day, there's still a risk that no matter what you do, that CP4 could fail. And when they fail, they have a track record for sending all of the metal shavings downstream. So you end up needing a whole new fuel system, new lines, new injectors, new tubes, new everything. That could be very expensive. Even if you're under warranty or you find a bundle package for a great price, there's still a lot of labor that goes into that, that job. The fuel system saver increases the amount of protection post CP4. So it's not gonna stop your CP4 from failing. What it's gonna do is that God forbid the CP4 gives up and it starts to send metal debris through the truck. It's gonna stop it before it hits the rest of your fuel system. And that's why they call it the fuel system saver. If you have a CP4 pump on your truck, you absolutely need to give DuramaxTuner.com a call today and get yourself a fuel system safer. Remote support expert, Sean Lynn. How the hell are you? Great. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Sean, we got a good one today, I think. Uh, we're diving into some of the finer points between very similar engine platforms, and that's the L5P, the L5P cabin chassis, 
and then the L5D. Now, a lot of people out there would assume that an L5P cabin chassis is an L5D, as in Delta. Is that correct? Um, no, it's actually not even close to being the same thing. The L5P cabin chassis would be very similar to the normal pickup truck version. Gotcha. Okay, so there's the body difference then that we're talking about. So is this like a, a 4500 compared to a 3500? The cabin chassis is normally a 3500, and then the L5D is the 4500 and up, yes. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Those L5Ds look nasty. Yeah, I think we've had like two or three of them come in here with like 40-inch tires, so we've definitely gotten our fair share of them. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing a lot of tunes for them. Now, we do do switch-on-the-fly tuning and single tunes for all of these platforms, so we can tune any of these trucks. The L5P cabin chassis might have some switch-on-the-fly tuning uh, quirks to it, uh, but you definitely can do single tunes on them for sure. So, and then I know, like, we did Jason Worley's L5D. That was the first one we worked on, and that thing just looks sick. Yeah, he spent a lot of time on that, and it sure shows. Absolutely. Absolutely well said. Okay, uh, so lay it out for me, man. Besides the 4,500 versus 3,500 and below, like that break there, what are the difference between the, these three vehicles? Well, I mean, first of all, you have your standard L5P, and that's just the normal pickup truck version, comes with a bed on it. About 400 wheel horsepower from the factory is what we've tested here. Um, the L5P cabin chassis would be a 3500 that may or may not come with a bed on it, like a service truck kind of thing. Sure. And those typically baseline at 350 wheel horsepower, so a little bit less. They turn the power down because you're supposed to be hauling a large trailer with it at all times. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea is it's going to be a workhorse, right? Or a lot of weight in the bed, depending yeah. on what setup you have. And then moving to the L5D, this is your 4500 and up. The newer ones, I believe, on are, on, are on an international chassis, and they don't have exactly the same setups as the 3500s do. So you have a slightly smaller turbo and then a 316 wheel horsepower baseline. So it's really set up to haul, and they just turned down the power yet again. Absolutely, yeah. I know I was reading a little bit on the L5D, and you're absolutely correct. It was an international, or an international and GM joint venture uh, to work on that chassis and that setup. What's really cool is International runs these trucks and a lot of their service trucks. So if you see like ComEd trucks and out and things like that that have kind of that GM-looking front end, it's actually just a rebadged L5D 4500 5500 6500 so there there's quite a bit of these vehicles on the road although you may not spot them I, I think the the chevy and the gm version definitely pop out you see them right away now do they run is it just a chevy version isn't it isn't there there's no gm on these i can't remember i don't think i've ever seen a gmc personally i've only ever seen a chevy and it has like that 15 Silverado 1500 looking front end on it. <laughs> it is it is kind of square and flat and big headlights, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the front of a like a 15 Silverado 1500, like the exact same headlights if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh so they are cool trucks. There is a little bit difference in them. Uh I, it's it's always interesting to me when we look at how when we go into larger trucks and larger loads, they actually the OEM has a tendency to reduce the turbo and reduce the power. Uh that's one of those things I think guys generally overlook is the value of of 
torque at low speeds and at low RPM. That's the whole point of diesel. Uh, and those those smaller turbos tend to perform really well in that operating range. However, with a tune, which trust me, dear God, if you've ever driven one of these trucks stock, they need a tune. Uh, with a tune, it is a night and day difference. Yeah, and that's pretty much why Jason came to us, obviously. He said the thing could barely get over 60 miles an hour, if I remember correctly, with the trailer behind him, and now he has no problem doing at least 80 with a load behind him. That's it, man. That's it. The proof's in the pudding. Excellent. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming in and sharing some knowledge with our listeners today. Well, thanks for having me, Paul. No problem. Guys, stick around. Coming up next, we're going to have our super tech, Jeremy Garnett, talking to us about a very interesting shop job. All right, folks, we got our super tech, Jeremy Garnett, in the shop here. Jeremy, how the hell are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, Jeremy, we got a fun one to talk about as far as diagnostics go. Now, when we left off last, where were we on this truck? This is this is the, a truck from, from one of the previous episodes, right? Yeah, this is going to be a truck from what we talked about last week, uh, the CP3, CP4 jobs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. So we're going to continue into the LML of the CP4 portion. Perfect, so. perfect. Now, CP4s on LMLs, known to fail. Also yeah. <laughs> on Fords, known to fail. Uh, generally, we like to do an Exergy Sportsman or an Exergy 10 mil pump. Or Actually, I think on, on the CP4s, they only have a, a 10 mil. Yeah, they only do a 10 mil. They only do a 10 mil yeah. on those. <clears throat> so so we do generally like to do the Exergy 10 mil pump on those. But not not everybody goes that route. Uh, nope. Sometimes we do just an M prop, and sometimes we just do a full factory replacement. Yeah. Where where did you go with this job? Um, this one here, the customer, um, like I stated in the past, it had four hundred thousand miles on it. Uh, it we went just an OE route. So we actually the guy wanted he didn't even want to put a lift pump on the truck. <laughs> so he didn't want to do a lift pump. He just wanted to put my CP four in. Let's get the truck back on the road so I can put another four hundred thousand miles on it. Sure. He's like, why do I need a lift pump when I drove this long? Oh, hard, hard to argue that logic. <laughs> hard, hard, to argue. hard to argue. Right, right, right. And it wasn't actually a CP4 like blown up failure. It was a 400,000 mile failure. Yeah. So Even more rare, right? right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All um, right. So how'd it go? Well, what I want to get into this week is just like with the mileage on it and with it being a CP4 failure and hard to diagnose, as in, like I said before, it wasn't building rail enough to start but once the truck was started it would run and it would run fine okay um that's kind of where i wanted to head go with that is because you know how hard we were scratching our heads and diagnosing and going into this right so um with getting myself involved uh i brought nick in and you know, helping diagnose and picking his head and you know okay stuff like that um where we Nick, ended up, Nick from Duramax Tuners, usually a good guy to talk to about Duramax diagnostics. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah, with yeah, you. exactly. So, I mean, sometimes when we have hard stuff in the shop and Nick's walking around, we pick his brain. Sure. You know, and he actually loves to sit there and talk with us and <laughs> try to help us figure it out sometimes. So, all right. Um, but yeah, when we were originally diagnosing, uh, we all went, hey, we need a CP4. So we put it ahead and we put a CP4 in it and. Then we got the truck going, and then we just noticed that there was other problems with the truck. So uh, we actually had to put a set of injectors in it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Because we talked about this one, and the MPROP screen came out, and it was clean. Yeah. So we didn't see debris in the MPROP, so we assumed rail, injectors, all that, no visual damage. Exactly. MM3 on the injectors was perfect. So when you're doing your scan data and the truck's running, um, 
watching all your data. Uh, MM3 was a little high on the, the injector balance itself, so the complete set okay. was a little high, but then each individual injector was all within reasonable spec. Okay. I mean, for being, you know, 400,000 miles. Yeah. So, and again, that's why we all went the route of CP4, not building enough, you know, low, pre- low side pressure to build high pressure and get the truck to start. So we did all that. And again, it did help. I mean, it was, I'm not telling you it wasn't bad because <laughs> it, it was bad, <laughs> but it wasn't the complete problem with the truck. So really, yeah, I mean, it, um, so what we ended up finding in the end is, uh, the injector return rates, so the injectors were actually returning too much fuel. Okay. So the injectors, okay. the now the new CP4 was supplying enough fuel, right. where it wasn't supplying enough fuel to begin with because the pump was going bad. Right. Now it's getting the fuel. Now the injectors are returning too much fuel. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. This is one of those that you find, uh, especially on these higher mileage yeah. vehicles, where it's like one problem, you fix it, and you find out, well, that... I don't know if it's a chicken or egg thing here about like one cause the other necessarily as much as it's more like all of these components went through the same amount of wear and tear. Right. So just because one failed, obviously, doesn't mean that the other ones are perfect health. Exactly. And you couldn't have said any better, right? (laughs) and then, and then that's where we ran with it. So, you know, we had we spent hours getting back into this thing. Okay, what the hell is wrong? I mean, the truck runs great. The injector balance rates are perfect. Like, you would never think a set of injectors at yeah. that point. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> I mean, even here, like I said, I, Nick's back involved again. He's you know, walking around. Hey, yeah. what's going on with this truck? And, like, even he himself was shocked. Sure. Like, hey, you know what? I, we tested it, and then we... Um, so the test on this truck is um, through all data and then your you know your tools online. It's watching the f- uh, flow rate, so the milliliters coming out of the re- injector return. So, and the driver's side, uh, we got like eight milliliters after f- fifteen seconds of cranking. Okay. Um, that, but the passenger side, we got one hundred and twenty milliliters. <laughs> A fuel after 15 seconds of cranking. You don't have to know a lot about the metric of measurement as much as the no, no, gap no. It, it, between it, it, these, right? And that's like why how, I said it, yeah. How many milliliters <laughs> doesn't matter as much as how far apart these two sides are. Exactly. And that's right. That's why I kind of <laughs> left it at that. But yeah, I mean, 120 milliliters is a lot of fuel. Oh, my so God. So it was basically returning everything that it was getting. Oh, my God. Um, and then we actually dug into it a little bit more and- like this truck has been pieced together. I mean, it's, you know, obviously somebody's been in it before and so dig into it more with the injectors and stuff. And then next thing you know, it's like someone replaced one injector on one side, one injector on the other wow. side. And yeah, we put a set of injectors in it and the thing fired up. And it I find, I find and, and I'm not even ragging on Ford guys, but I find Ford guys do this a lot where it's <laughs> like, oh, you have one bad bank or you have right. one bad injector. Okay, I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to replace this bank. I'm going to do right. this side. And it's like, don't do a side. Do the whole side. Yeah. <laughs> do it every time. If you got to spend more money on getting better injectors, do that right. as opposed <laughs> to, to doing it twice. Yeah. Especially with with an LML where oh, like, yeah, it's no. not a cheap job. No, it's not it's a cheap, not but it's not an easy job either. Yeah. Um, 
I don't care if it's deleted or not. <laughs> it's not the easiest <laughs> it job. It does ever. not make it any easier to well, a little easier, but it but it's not easy once once it's deleted right. to go and do an injector job on an LML, that's for sure. No, because you know, half the guys that delete those trucks anyways, they leave half the crap in there anyways. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still gotta remove just as much. Right. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Well, that's awesome, man. That that's a surprising way that that truck was going to go yeah right i don't think any of us would have guessed that right off the bat no and and that's exactly it and i went into it you know as in i was i was 100 percent confident like hey this thing's got a bad cp4 yeah and i wasn't wrong it just wasn't 100 percent right either. <laughs> so. just wasn't the only thing wrong right exactly i mean i'm not going to tell you you know i'm god's <laughs> gift you know but here it's you know i do have a good idea and uh, yeah and it just this one struck me and it got to me that's awesome, man. Well, hey, good story. Thank you so much for sharing it with oh, our no listeners. Problem. Guys, stick around. we got a brand new segment of the show coming at you right after this. All right, guys, it's time for Diesel Industry News. I'm here with Anthony Bernini. Anthony, how are you, man? I'm good, dog. <laughs> Anthony, we wanted to bring you on uh, to help keep our listeners up to speed on, you know, diesel performance news, you know, the industry as a whole. Uh, before we dive in, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of your background on diesel performance? My background on diesel performance, I mean, it's been happening for quite a few years now. Uh, I know I've been on the podcast a couple times, talked about my LOI. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I've got a truck right now that's getting some work done. I've had another LB7 in the past. Grew up with friends that had Cummins, PowerStroke, Duramax, all the big three. And so, I mean, I've been around it for probably five five plus years now. Okay. And you, you you handle some of the accounts over at Calibrated Power Deal with a bunch of end users all over the country and overseas. Yeah. Um, so you're 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 in with the in crowd when it comes to the industry itself, right? Yeah, I'd say cool. so. So what are some of the new things going on? You know, what's hot? What's going on in the industry right now? Well, the biggest thing that's going to be coming up soon here is Rudy's Truck Jam. They got two. They've got the spring and the fall. Beginning of October, that's when the fall one kicks off. Okay. So, I mean, that's going to be the newest thing. They didn't really have much going on with COVID last year. So a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, a lot of stuff was it's been last nuts. year. But uh, spring, the spring had a great turnout, and the fall is going to be expected to have a good turnout, too. Now, I usually expect to see records being broken when I hear Rudy's because the, the Rudy's spring is kind of like that big first event to kick off the season. And then I expect generally to see crazy stuff happen in fall because that's the last major event before. For you know, the season's pretty much over. Um, what are some of the highlights that we saw over in the spring at Rudy's Truck Jam? I mean, some of the spring or highlights. Excuse me. I mean, they've got the racing. I mean, yeah. ev- everybody's there for the drag strip, and it seems like you're talking about the records. I mean, you see these trucks. No matter how much we see them, you see a gutted single cab with no bed. It seems like no internals. Like it's just right. it gets people excited. So I mean, you've got the racing, you've got the show and shine, dyno. They've got everything. They have going a full on weekend event going yeah, on. It's then intense. they have uh, they have a dirt drag new this year, right? Yeah, dirt That's drags crazy. are new this year. Yeah. And dirt drags are really starting to kind of, you know, take way. <laughs> They're all over the place. It, they're fun. Yeah, fun to watch, fun to drive in, too. Very cool. And they have a, they have an array of sponsors, I would assume, for something like that? Yeah. I mean, you've got big names like, you know, Carolina Diesel Trucks, guys I'm pretty close with, XDP, Fast, RevMax, Firepunk, you know, everybody's Companies there. that we do business with and deal yeah. with on a day-to-day. Um, and then there's the, uh, we have another event that are coming up the week after, correct? Yes. What we've do we got, got going on there? the All Truck Challenge. Uh, I mean, that's, we did that, I believe it was, it's been two years now since yeah. we were there again with COVID and everything last year we've got a couple big names uh we've got us are going and then josh mccormick i know yeah. you're real good in with him uh i mean that's going to be a huge turnout yeah. as well 
Paul and I are definitely uh, covering a lot of the All Truck Challenge that will be going on. Uh, what are the dates for that? That is going to be the weekend of the 15th through 17th in October, so just okay. right after the uh, truck jam. Well, there'll be more industry news coming up. I know that uh, as these events shape up and take way, you'll be doing some notes. You're going to be putting together uh, some information for this segment so we can keep our listeners up to speed. Uh, for today, this has been Chris. This is Anthony. No, I just hit the gas and I, yeah, I tree on these dudes.